I learned quite early in my career, nothing from the yesterday's experience can grant my success today. I'm extremely honored to have Angela Kretsu as a guest. Everyone has to follow their own dreams, and I think this is the most sustainable formula. Angela served as Chief Executive Officer at Avon. Everyone can learn any job, but what makes the difference, though, is that sense of vibrant curiosity. And your career seems to be driven by this idea of change. One should ask himself every morning, and, and that the question is, why would I be a choice today? I know that you're very passionate about this idea of purpose-led companies. From 100 years, companies with still their values hanging on the wall. If those are not coinciding with people joining and in the way they act, then the values on the wall worth not more than the frame they are putting. Hi everyone, welcome to Unmatched. Um, today I'm extremely honored to have Angela Kretsu as a guest on the podcast. Until just a couple of months ago, Angela served as Chief Executive Officer at Avon and is currently continuing to serve as Senior Advisor in the Advisory Committee for Avon Beauty. Um, she's also a women's empowerment advocate and an angel investor in female founders. And above all these things, and on top of all these amazing things that she's done, I'm also extremely proud to say that we share not only our home country, Romania, but also our home city, Constanza. Angela, welcome to Unmatched. Thank you very much for inviting me, Erwana. You cannot imagine. I mean, the world is small. We are all connected. And especially when it comes to purpose, you know, you do find so many people who share the same values. And, and if we add on top that we had the same, almost, you know, uh, same upbringing in our um, native town, yes, by the Black Sea, that, that brings even more joy to our conversation. That's exactly right. And I'm beyond excited to have you today. I've been uh, a big fan for a long, long time. So I'm, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast tonight. Um, there's so much that I want to learn from you today. But first, what is the story that brought you to where you are today? I don't know even where to begin this story. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's such a fascinating journey. I had the chance, you know, to start exactly from this city at the Black Sea coast. I've seen this uh, announcement in a newspaper, which was so unusual for a job posting. I was working at that time in some sales marketing role in a, in a tobacco company, not really a purpose-driven company. But I saw this job posting, which, which said that this is not just a company. It's not just a beauty company. It's a company that really created a mission out of empowering women around the world. So I was triggered. Uh, by this positioning, and and I really wanted to see what it was all about. And and from from that moment, twenty five years ago, my love story began. It started in Constanta, then then I moved to to lead the region in uh, Romania. Then I went out of Romania to open a new market for Avon at that time. It was Serbian Montenegro, and I that was a success. So in a few years, I moved back to Romania. Then we led together a completely new business model that was digitized end-to-end, -end, which uh, I somehow, you know, uh, pitched for the attention of uh, the entire Avon world in more than, uh, you know, it, it, Avon at a global scale. They wanted to understand what what is the potential of a uh, our business model to really um, progress and evolve. And and then I, I led, I got the challenge to lead a higher region, a bigger region, like 10 countries in Southeast Europe and, and do the same business model uh, evolution. Then uh, the CEO 
uh, took me with her uh, to New York to lead globally the strategy and the business model innovation as the VP um, at the, the global scale. And, and after uh, working with uh, more than 100 countries around the world in, in changing their business model, I went back to operations like leading uh, Russia and Eastern Europe as a general manager and a VP of the region. Then I led um, Middle East, Africa, you know, from Turkey uh, for a number of years, then Central Europe, and then the last four years as a CEO of Avon. So 25 years of working with women around the world, of, of the turning around and, and, and evolving the business model of, of many countries, of understanding in-depth cultural nuances from east to west, from south to north, uh, and humbly, really humbly um, learning about diversity, the, the, the divine gift that diversity is. And, and um, now completing the chapter, actually today is my very first day. Oh, really? Oh my gosh, it's such a milestone. <laughs> I finished the handover to my, my team and my wonderful successor that uh, I selected with, the, with the, the vision that one day he's going to um, take over uh, this business and, and really lead it forward. And uh, really looking forward to continue exploring other ways I can add value. How does it feel? I mean, it's incredible that today is the last day on the job and and you're starting a new, new chapter ahead of you after 25 years in such an amazing company. How, how does it feel to turn the page? I feel, I mean, I wouldn't have hope. Be honest, or, or maybe I did hope that I would be honest. I did hope I would be having such a gratifying and 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 rewarding uh, end of a chapter. I mean, next week I'm invited. We are going to have our global conference, annual conference, and we'll have top hundred executives from around the world. And as I, I once again reviewed the list of all the executives participating there, a large majority I either grew up with, I hired. I, I contributed to their development. Uh, we went through uh, challenges together. I have so many fond memories uh, with them. So it, it's such a sense of deep sense of pride and an achievement to have had the chance, the privilege to be part of not just a company for, for a quarter of a century, yes, but of, a, of an amazing movement, really amazing movement. I learned so much. And I have to say, I feel especially proud of you as a, as a fellow Romanian, because I feel you have also been such an agent of change uh, throughout your career. And I know you have been awarded multiple awards, CEO of the year, leader of change, champion of change. And your career seems to be driven by this idea of change. And I would love for you to, to talk to us a little bit about why was that such a such an important thing um, throughout your career to follow? Look, I, I learned quite early in my career, and maybe because of the diversity of the experiences, I would never be able. I mean, initially, as I moved my roles from a country to another, I, I had somehow the impression that my previous experience it's going to be enough to guide me forward. But as I interacted with different markets, different different business contexts, different cultures, different people, different situations. I understood that I can merely shape some instincts, but nothing from the yesterday's experience can grant my success today. Uh, and, and one of my mentors told me that it's this 
it's one very painful yet very healthy question one should ask himself you know once every morning and and that the question is why would i be a choice today why my product would be a choice today not why my product was loved yesterday what makes it loved today and what makes it loved tomorrow why as a leader i would be a choice today and i'm not talking about the bosses who selected me for the role i'm talking for my own team if my team could vote would they choose me as a value added leader for their lives not just their career and this is at times a very painful question is because one should if you really are honest and and you understand how uh, how change is needed so change becomes more than a habit it, it becomes a way of being because this kind of question either it's a professional one or a personal one keeps you in a permanent repositioning with a new context learning and repositioning oneself so you are still a choice and and still adding value at the end still adding value to your family as a mom as a partner as a leader as as a as a product provider a service experience creator as a whatever role we play in the society so change becomes a way of being and and now change can also be destructive right uh so it's extremely important to see the to to really form that energy behind the change to be a force for good. And I wonder it makes me think because I think we we, we share this curiosity as well. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of Constanza or because of Romania, <laughs> but it seems to be a thing <laughs> out there at the Black Sea, you know, people are very curious and like willing to outdo themselves and and you know, do better. Um where do you think that that curiosity actually stems from in your case? Well, you know, it's, this is beautiful question, by the way, beautiful question. I mean, um, people would ask me differently at times. They would say, okay, how do you select your key partners at the end? It's not just hiring people. What are the criteria to hire? That's a classic conventional question. At, at the end, what we, what we try to engage with, not just hire, is contractually hire, is people with whom we want to travel. Yes. In a, through a business chapter, a strategic, a strategic uh, um, um, chapter, you know, I mean, we really want partners that we could learn with, explore with, and so on. So they say, what makes you choose one versus another? And I always say, my first criteria is to get a sense of their curiosity, because it's the only one uh, area where I cannot influence much. Unfortunately, everyone can learn any job. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint some people who imagine that a CEO job, executive job and so on is kind of NASA-like scientist job. I mean, everything can be learned. And, and, and there isn't, again, I hope I don't offense anyone, but there is no need of more than an average IQ. But what makes the difference though, it's that sense of vibrant curiosity the humility to learn and unlearn at all times, the emotional generosity to keep a flow of energy to engage other people around yourselves. That makes the, the, the difference. And curiosity. Without curiosity, it's, it's, it's impossible to acknowledge the diversity 
around ourselves. It's impossible to learn in real time uh, the dynamic of our entire environment and then explore new ways for us to add value. So to me, I'm always in part of my interviews and, and usually people recognize me for my very unusual ways of interview people. I always, exp I, I try to understand how people feed their curiosity. I want to know which apps they use. I want to know, you know, where, what was the latest crazy news they read and where from. Uh, I want to know what triggers their curiosity, what, what, what makes the, what ignites their curiosity and pending this, you know, the output of this conversation, I, I, I understand if we can work together. Yeah. So to me, curiosity is the, the, the key energy enabler. Yeah, t totally agree and very aligned on that. I, I always say that you can teach any skill, but you cannot teach attitude. And having the right attitude and the positive attitude to, you know, move mountains sometimes when you have to is something that you kind of bring with yourself throughout throughout the, the journey. Um, you mentioned a few times the word humility. And I know from following you for some time that humility is a huge word and it's a huge core value of Avon. Um, tell us a little bit of, about why this is so important and how does that fit in a world that tell us that um, we, don't we don't need to be that humble, um, that it's okay to kind of like own who we are and just be ourselves. And humility is not necessarily a value that younger generations appreciate that much. Um, and it's all about like me, me, me. Um, why is humility such an important core value for you and for Avon? Humility doesn't equal lack of self-confidence. It doesn't take away your sense of self-trust. Humility means you are a, a uh, how can I say, you are aware that Everything, it's an ecosystem and nothing goes around yourself, which paradoxically, it's, it's creating a, it's a, it becoming a huge source of energy and empowerment because in a conversation, in a relationship, in a partnership, the more you engage people around yourself, that this is not about you. This is about a common value you wish to achieve together. And the more you look in, in, one, in your actions to co-create rather than short-term, just me-centered actions, the more one can gain traction. So a humility has a commercial value if you think in a practical terms from business perspective. But above all, the value of humility comes from the fact that nobody knows everything that uh, nobody is necessarily better than the other. Everyone comes with his unique, his unique uh, set of skills and, and hopes and aspirations. And, and um, uh, at the end, it's, it's that kind of acknowledgement. Staying humble means staying, means um, at all times acknowledging that we are so small and gives you, and, and I know, to some who say, oh, when you acknowledge you're small, you cannot be a CEO. Or quite the opposite of that. You understand, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely powerful sentiment. 
because not making it about yourself gives you the power of a community and not just the power of an individual. Yeah. Yeah. That's when people start to follow you and not just obey you, right? There's a big difference. And I don't even need, to, I, I even hate the word following, by the way. I, I hope they don't follow me. I hope they follow the mission we all engaged in. Because I never make it about follow me. I mean, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm literally, if anything, I'm a connector. Yes, I'm part of a network of, um, I would say, a community of professionals at any moment in time, if we speak about business, or a community of friends, if I talk of my own friends, yes, or um, who, at a moment in time, for a certain period of time, share some values, have in common certain mission. And we contribute with energy, knowledge, skills, time, you know, to that mission together. So we don't follow each other. We enable each other. Of course, we might have different sense of responsibility where I serve them as a leader. I serve them as a leader. Yes. Um, and they support one another and, and they, but at the end, everyone has to follow their own dreams. And I think this is the most sustainable uh, formula. I couldn't agree more. And you're literally the only person that I've ever heard verbalizing this, especially at the CEO level. So let's let's just pause here for a second because I think this is such an important message that I would love, you know, for our audience to to take away. They need to follow their dreams first, right? So there's this idea of company values and then personal values. And I feel not not a lot of people or we don't spend enough time thinking about our own values in relationship to the values of the company, the brand, the person we work for and with, or the group of people that we work with. Um, I know that you're very passionate about this idea of purpose-led companies and the fact that values drive um, real business value. And I, and I totally agree. Could you expand a little bit more on this and kind of based on your experience, tell us how you've seen that actually come to life um, in, your, in your experience so far? There are many dimensions of it, but I will cover a few from different perspectives of different stakeholders of the, the purpose and the look, the search for purpose in life. So from a company perspective, the companies nowadays live in the era where they're the beneficiaries of the products and services they, they produce or sell or they, they add, yes. Um, are asking very different things than just 10 years. It's not just about having the best pr quality product for the best price at the convenient, uh, convenient place to be uh, purchased from or uh, the right promotion. It, it's now about a um, different type of experience, emotional, emotional gratification. It's about social responsibility as they, uh, the customers, the consumers who want to um, uh, create out there of their purchase decision, also a pledge or, or, or a gesture or a uh, active contribution to their community in a way or another planet or community. So they want to feel proud of their choices and that go beyond the individual. They go to collective. There is kind of a new raised consciousness. So companies will have to redefine anyway, the way they bring value, but to do that. They, they need their own associates, yes, their, their own employees to not act just like as a task, 
achievers or executors of certain jobs. Yes, they uh, they need there now to uh, engage in a with a very different with a with a create more of a with a in a creator mode. Uh, it, it, it adding innovation as a habit at all levels in the organization in a very different setup than just the, the norms of an hierarchical company in the past. It's more like a partnership. So uh, companies understand that they need to engage their associates differently. Of course, from from 100 years, you know, uh, companies, we still their values hanging on the wall. And people say, these are the company's values. And by the way, I match somehow with my values with three of them, two of them, one of them, with all of them, whatever. But the reality is company is not some kind of um, abstract entity. Company is us. As long as I'm working in that company or I'm the alumni of that company, it's part of me. I am the company. So those values somehow have to project the communi that community, I call the company a community now, intent, shared values. If those are not coinciding with people joining in, in the way they act, then the values on the wall worth not more than the frame they are putting. Zero. I mean, you can have a nice PR or a nice marketing around it, but mean nothing. So from a company perspective, it's extremely important to create that sense of um, shared values that we are part of something bigger than sharing our physical presence, knowledge, and experience. From individual perspective right now, as associate, people are, do not see any longer the career, as, not as a survival, yes, um, um, enabler. Yes, you, you have to go to work, otherwise there is no food on the table. It's, it's not any longer just um, to validate my status. People gained new, are the new levels of confidence. They find other ways as well, just through work to, to uh, be respected in their own communities or feel good about themselves. So right now they want a sense of meaning. So I'm, I'm not going to work to spend their eight, nine, 10 hours uh, a day uh, or more. Um, or, without the sense of why am I doing all this? Why? And, and there is a craving for, um, I want to be part of it with more than just me, you know, inputting data in the system. I want to see my value. I want to see my contribution to, to the more than just a task. So you see the purpose, it becomes a huge enabler. It becomes a, an, an energy driver. Um, and for the community, now the third perspective, just to triangulate, yes, for you, the purpose need, it, it's the era where we understand that the um, uh, rights of uh, the human rights, the planet rights cannot be secured um, and uh, any longer just by the government. Business players currently globally from the, the top ones which, by the way, in their wealth combined, they, they value more than all governments in the world. To the smaller players who have a prominent influence in their own micro-communities, um, they are major players in our society. So their narrow view just on shareholder cannot be sustainable because the, their own customers are going to ask them to, to evolve from that level. 
So that's why I'm saying from these three different perspectives, company, associates, people, customers, but as well communities, the need of uh, a well-articulated purpose and then tangible action behind it, not just greenwashing, not human rights washing, yes, but really tangible, something that every community can feel, uh, uh, will define the new uh, playground in the business context. I just love that explanation because it was so clear and you touched on all the aspects, right? The, the three elements that kind of are connected with this idea of purpose. And I want to maybe spend a few minutes talking about community because if there's one thing that defines Avon, uh, I would say is the sense of community. And I will tell you that in my teen years, I was an associate at uh, Avon in Constanza. And my cousin, I actually started because of my cousin, Diana. Uh, big shout out and hello to her. Um, <laughs> she started it and she was really good at it. And I just wanted the products. I just wanted free products. So I did it for a little bit of time for fun. And I think the one thing that I remember about that time is this sense of community that those women had um, among themselves and, and how they, you know, uh, met together, spent time together, um, exchanged products, exchanged ideas, helped each other. Um, so I would love for you to, to maybe go back a little bit to this idea of, of community and how that has shaped uh, you know, your career, but also uh, the time that you've spent at uh, at Avon as a company? No, I've heard this with a small story, just, and I think it's a relevant story. Um, 25 years ago, after I've had my training, yes, to become, take on my first role as a zone manager, uh, just like Diana now, yes. Uh, um, after the training, Avon was still pretty new uh, in Romania, and I was going back to Constanza and that area was not open just yet. So I just got a few uh, catalogs, few br brochures, and to go back home and to start creating my first um, uh, um, customers, yes, my first relationships with new customers. So I was quite nervous, as you can imagine. Um, and I was not, I mean, I, I always enjoyed um, having authentic relationships, but not having been ultra sociable. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, at that moment in time, feel very comfortable to go and, and meet people, new people, and have a cold sale, yes. Yet in, in the train, as I went back from Bucharest to Constanza, I opened the brochures once again to go through all the categories and remember everything I've learned through my trainings about each and every of the category. And then the magic happened. The moment I opened that catalog, in just a few minutes, the lady across me started to talk to me. Then the other lady, so we were six people in that compartment. So. By the moment in two hours that uh, of train ride I had to Constanza, I already made new friends. And by the way, those two ladies that engaged in conversation with me became my first representatives afterwards. So, uh, and, and they are still today. <laughs> I love that. And, and I, this, is, this is what I think is ex extremely important to understand and beauty talk. It's not only about the peptides, the proteinol, the, the active retinoids, uh, the color, the pigments in the product. It's always a conversation about life, love, hope, family, kids, 
So when we talk about beauty, we talk about self-confidence. We talk about how we want to feel. We talk about our life. And, and this is what creates community. And, and I've been blessed to be part of a business model that has not just traded, understood the responsibility around understanding what beauty truly means. That beauty doesn't mean just color. It doesn't, it, it really means uh, women confidence and women well-being and women empowerment and financial independence, independence and, and equality in rights. And, and I created a business model that it's uh, worth sharing uh, uh, the earning with millions of women around the world instead with just few shareholders, yes? And, and second, created this $1.1 billion, yes, of, of charitable contribution for causes that um, uh, are related to, to women uh, well-being, breast cancer and uh, domestic violence. That's what community is. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's a very illustrative story about how that happens very organically, right? And so that leads me to the next question. 135 years of history that Avon has, and you talk a lot about humility and this idea and this question of why does the consumer chooses me today? Um, not, not really sleeping on past successes, right? But more looking into the future and reinventing yourself all the time, um, based on that curiosity that we spoke about, uh, before. So from your perspective, what is it that consumers see in Avon or in general need to see in brands today in order to choose those brands over and over? Because, Let's face it, consumers change, consumers evolve, consumers grow up. There's always the need of creating the pipeline of new consumers coming in. So from a perspective of a 135 years a company uh, and based on your experience, what is that um, new way of acting in front of the consumers that makes sense to them today? You know, for a, for a company, I mean, on one hand side, it's beautiful to have such a legacy. It gives you a sense of pride, the history, the achievements, the, the scale. Yes, you, you have so much to learn from around the world. You go in all these countries, meet women from Philippines to South Africa, to Morocco, to Latin America. Yes, to, um, you, you, you understand, you know, what unites them all and, and you understand the, the extraordinary impact this company has had, this community has had, even before women had the right to, uh, to vote. Yet, back to what you've just said, this cannot buy relevancy. And, and if we are really serious about the question of why would she choose me on my product or my service and experience today, you get to the brutal fact that yes, Avon, and, and we've been through these um, ups and downs quite a lot in our own exploration of the the, the evolution of the business model and our strategic inquiries will have that nostalgic feeling. People smile. They have the warmth when they talk about Avon. Uh, yet I also have a warmth and I smile when I talk about my grandma. Would I take my grandma, uh, you know, to, to spend in the same, be with me in the same activities as I would have as a modern woman nowadays? Maybe not. So it's, it's to keep a brand after more than 100 years still a relevant choice, requires constant repositioning and kill 
paradigms, really. I mean, kill the, the way, shift really the paradigms. Kill the, 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 this kind of, a, um, I would call them like a myth. So if Avon was all about uh, women staying at home, in the 80s, we had to understand that uh, actually starting with 70s, that women were no longer home. They started working. So we had to move where they were. It worked fine. Then they moved into a digital space. We said, fine, we move there. So access continues to evolve right now. And for the last four years, we, we killed this taboo that Avon is just a direct selling company. So we moved the, com the company from a traditional direct selling to a vibrant, modern, omni-channel which means we opened up uh, um, alliances with retail, retail franchise, supporting women entrepreneurs, creating as well physical presence for people to continue conversations about the product, this time in an environment that it's access more accessible to them than just through a representative and still protect the high touch. Yes, a relationship counseling as per their choice. So we, we moved back the choice to the customer. We said we cannot be arrogant, speaking about the humility again, to, to say, hey, um, if my customer loved me till yesterday, they will continue buying just from this channel. That cannot happen in nowadays world. We need to be wherever they are. And, and customers, women nowadays, are in an omni-channel environment. 70% of transactions happen in, in retail, and we have to create a presence there. And I'm, I'm proud of my team. It took a while for us mentality-wise to, to, to break this past paradigm and really uh, change towards opening up our access towards, you know, uh, also a, a curating portfolio, uh, creating a, a, an innovation focus. I mean, lots, lots of things have happened in the last years to, to regain um, Avon's relevance. And I, I'm proud to see now Avon thriving back in a very different uh, setup for its business model and brand positioning. And, and I do believe that it takes a lot of humility and, I don't know, um, creative thinking to, to break those paradigms that you, that you mentioned before, right? Because it's so easy to fall into the trap of well, it worked for us for so long. Why not keep doing what we're doing? Because, you know, it's safer this way, right? And nobody wants to take risks, especially when there's shareholder value involved. You know, you don't want to take too many risks. They're all like calculated risk and you're trying to dip your toes slowly in different areas. But sometimes you do need to be brave, especially in the current, you know, economic situation, consumer landscape where everything shifts so quickly. There's social media, there's a lot of brands out there. There's, especially in your category in beauty, but I would say everywhere, there's so much choice um, at all the different price points that I can only imagine how challenging this process has been. Additive market and, and um, uh, customers are, are not looking just to differentiate in terms of the size behind the products and the benefits, but also as well the purchase experience and the follow-up experience. And, and customers uh, and, and many of the companies thought that digital itself will solve all the uh, barriers in terms of access to information and to product and services. 
in reality, right now we see this as well craving for a personal experience that no CRM, no, no power of AI can get that close to know, oh, by the way, I, I, um, you know, I know Diana got married and uh, just got married and now she goes through a new life cycle and, 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 um, uh, it, things that I would know only if we had a relationship and we want to preserve that kind of service as a phone. Yes. And, and I don't want to replace it. We just opened it up to leave the, at the customer level, the consumer level, the choice, what kind of experience they want, and then come with the access and the product. I, I think that's really important because I, I agree. I, I always like to say the future of marketing is human because as much as we are progressing in this very interconnected and digital world and AI, VR, all these, you know, connected experiences, um, somehow we see the younger generation craving for more personal experiences as well. Like we see Gen Z wanting in real life experiences more and more. We see more in real life um, retail shops as well, you know, coming back to kind of um, center stage here. So I think it's so interesting that you have identified this need and are continuing to to bet on it because I think it's it's quite important. And if not, you see some of our focus groups, uh, there, there are already conversations and I, I anticipate soon it will become a trend of people starting to distrust the AI powered, I would say, attempts to personalize an experience. Why? Because it becomes creepy. And, and I'm sure you experience that as well, Wana. As an example, one day you will talk with one of your friends over a coffee about Dubai not over the phone, over a coffee in person, yes? And by the, that evening or next day, you'll be seeing next day that your Facebook flooded with personalized, yes? Um, even incentivized, you know, offers ab- uh, about traveling to Dubai, buying things, apartment to Dubai, whatever to Dubai, to a level that you start distrusting. Even the company offered that to you. Because they, they, you haven't permitted, you, you haven't allowed them to know that information about you. Yes. So you told your friend and, and I, I think that human relations, like you call it, that human touch will, will be more and more a choice uh, going forward than the main mainstream, you know, algorithms of personalization, but we are going to learn together. I, I have a funny story to tell you. I have the, um, at our coffee shop where I go every day, there is this guy who's serving and he knows us all and he knows already what we want. And I've developed a certain rebellion against the fact that he knows exactly what I want every day. So I've started to like give him different, different requests every day to like set him on a tangent. <laughs> and now he's confused. And I, I kind of felt the parallel with what you just said. You know, I think there is an element of rebellion that people are going to start to have with this idea that an algorithm knows me better than I know me and people evolve. And what I like today, I might not like tomorrow. And I don't want you to assume that what I want today is what I want in, you know, three months from now. I can change my mind. (laughs) Algorithms to assume that just because I'm 50 year old this year. All, all uh, you know, I, I need to know is about the menopausal women. So <laughs> this is important 
I think what's what's that kind of segmentation is still very far from the experiences people need. Absolutely. Yes. And and that's why humans, uh, human to human relationships are extremely precious and need to be nurtured no matter what. And they, they are the real deal. When you talk about experience, that is the OG experience. So there's no match to that. Um, I want to go back to the idea of, uh, of female entrepreneurship. You mentioned that briefly before. Um, and I'm curious as you know, a woman that has been in such a high position as you have um, in one of the biggest companies, one of the best known brands uh, worldwide throughout your 25-year career, how how did you feel the, the different layers of, of pressure um, of, you know, family life, being a good partner, potentially being a good mother, being a good leader, being a good CEO, delivering shareholder value, um, being accessible to people all at the same time. How, how did, how did you experience that? And how did you overcome those challenges that come with it? By the way, men feel similar pressure. They just don't talk a lot about it because society also coded down from very young, early age, not to talk about. We kind of women a little bit overshare. And it's true. We have the motherhood that adds a little bit more complex type of way, but this doesn't take away the pressure men feel as a providers for their family as well. I, I, I think. Discussion is with such such um, high pressure roles that we play in our professional lives. How we can make sure you know we balance the the value we add to our lives and to the others in a way that still makes sense. Yes. and and it's true. It took me lots of years where I would hero through it. I would try to lean in. And I would say, I'm strong, I can do it all, I can be best of every, at everything, at any time, every time. And it's, it's not only exhausting, it's delusional. And one can lose himself very, very easily through it. And I went through the, the hard learning, really hard learning, with few pivotal moments, really, um, that one cannot really lean in. Uh, I think that's that's... I would not want to label it, but at least from my perspective, experience, and many women I've met and worked with um, globally, it's it's not like in American movies where you have James Bond, he goes through the battle, then he comes back at the door with the, the rose and the suit still intact. And then, you know, or in, this, in American movies, you see the women, they start up the morning all cheerful, they go to the gym, they come back home, the shower, go to work, they come back again, gym, they go to a cocktail, then come back, they're perfect lovers. They also sleep well and they're again fresh. <laughs> really not. That's not real. That's not real. And I want to keep it. So we, it's the life, it's a sum of trade-offs. The wise one though, is the one that balances the trade-offs at all times, as much as we can. So we, we keep the equilibrium in between sources of energy and learning and 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 um, drainers because you also have to give energy. Yes, it's always a trade. And then I chose the purposely the stakeholders in my life. Who are my key stakeholders? My son, my friends, my husband, 
Yes, my sister, uh, my my uh, team. Yes, whenever I worked with them, um, and and then my oh, myself. I'm a key stakeholder. My learning, my well-being. Yes, so I list those stakeholders, and I suggest that everyone does that. And when you list these stakeholders, you also gives you a sense of the clarity of priorities, because you understand just by listing stakeholders where you where you would get your energy from is in order as well to give energies to others. And then try through the scheduling the time, because time means energy, by the way. Time is equals energy allocation. To try to, maybe you would, would not uh, be able to do it at the level of the day as a perfect balance between all stakeholders, but I could succeed at the level of the week. If not at the level of the week, I try at the level of the month to create those time allocations where I'm 100% in with no destruction, no destruction whatsoever from anything else with my key stakeholder in that moment, like we are today now, yes, in this conversation. And, and that requires self-discipline. Yes, because I'm there, I mean, but it's so rewarding. And I, I, I would remember many before I, I started to learn and, and have that as a habit of, of power time, of rigorous scheduling, of understanding myself and, and who are my life stakeholders. Um, it, it really took me from going to bed, feeling I've done nothing and drained with, of energy, really drained, depleted energy completely, to feeling I... I that's my game. Yes, I'm feeling that I'm in, intensely engaged with my life. And that is the very definition of happiness, by the way. Uh, but that's, that, that is it. Because that's the whole point, right? I mean, there's no point in going through life um, not being intentional about what we do. And I think this is a little bit the, the sort of the rat race that we're in that we don't necessarily realize uh, the moment when you need to stop and, as you said, you know, schedule your time, organize what you have to do, focus, leave distractions on the side and, and, and be there, be present. Because again, coming to the human to human relationship, that's what it is all about at the end of the day. I mean, everything is a choice until it isn't. Yeah, exactly. And that's when you kind of realize what what uh, it is really all about, right? Um, you're closing a chapter today, and I am very curious about the decision that you've made on your successor. Um, as a marketer, I'm very happy to see that a previous CMO is now a CEO, uh, and I would love for you to to talk to me about that decision and why uh, you made it. But also, it's it's quite interesting that that in a in a company that is kind of led by women communities, we now have a man CEO, which is also an interesting choice. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how that you know came about. I'm exploring the concept of when I'm going to end by Avon chapter so I can explore as well new new learning for quite a number of years. Yes, but every time I had a new challenge that kept me hooked in, engaged, and then and as I tell you, it's a love story altogether. Very difficult to live, very difficult to live. Yet 
two years ago, it became clear that what I committed to, to, to my board and to my team, it's already coming to an end. I am approaching as well, symbolically or not, the 25 years at Avon, 50 years of life. So I said, okay, if it's now or never, I, I still have just one life. I still have the energy, the appetite to explore. Uh, and, and it's that kind of growth mentality, growth mind, mindset, where you say it's good for the company change because they cannot become in the, you know, in the comfort zone or complacent about the same leadership, the same style. So change is positive. And, and as well to have somebody who bring opens up, not only I opened up the new channels, but now you need a retail and digital savvy, uh, expert to continue, not just exploring, but continue use these new channels as multipliers for the brand. So I had that vision more professional and leadership wise and personal wise that that time is coming. So I went to, the, to my board of directors a year and a half ago, and I said, my time is coming. Let's work together. Uh, let's identify a successor. Uh, I already have recruited somebody and I was just recruiting uh, uh, Christoph as a CMO. And I think he has tremendous potential, but uh, I think what's extremely important is that we have a healthy, diverse pipeline for us to look at to ensure that the next chapter has not only the right knowledge, uh, the right experience uh, for, from their new CEO, but as well uh, the understanding of the business model and the purpose uh, as a driver. So the board at that moment in time, of as you can imagine, they were quite surprised. And, and what's interesting is that I had few of the reaction from some of the people uh, at that time. So one told me, are you crazy? I mean, why would you go? You are at your prime, uh, everyone is doing well. Uh, it's another amazing direction. You just opened up right now, such an opportunity, uh, born, board loves you. So what, what is going on? And, uh, to my regret as well, I had one woman who asked me, uh, are you menopausal? <laughs> oh no. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> I said, if it is, I don't say miss not, but if it is, I call it wisdom because <laughs> exactly because I feel I'm at my prime exactly because I feel I have never loved this company more. I know it's time for a change for me and for them. And isn't it wonderful exactly at this level where we have such a pride to share together, isn't it wonderful now to step us? So that was about my decision. And then of course you say, why a man? We looked at a very um, a diverse group of potential CEOs and a successor for myself. And, and I, I'm a deep believer. I'm a keen women advocate. I mean, in many of the roles, um, uh, I've, um, either a successor I've like behind, behind or, or role that's created. I, I made sure we have the equality of chance. I am not much of a believer in equality of output. So to me. And I saw a career as well. What was important was that I, my value could be seen and then the best value would be chosen, which could as well, men could be that it was not me. So from all the candidates we had, he at the end was a, was a chosen one. 
uh, and by the board and, and, and as well uh, the acknowledgement of the entire team as a being a high quality, uh, outstanding uh, professional and as well um, uh, amazing human being. And, and um, I'm very excited to see how the new chapter would look like for Ava. It's going to be interesting, especially, as I said, uh, exciting to see a, a, a marketer, uh, you know, at the, at the helm of a, of a big company like this. So that's definitely going to be interesting to, to follow. Um, so with this chapter being closed and you talking about your um, desire to keep exploring, what is, what is coming up for you? What are you keen on exploring? What is interesting? What motivates you now in this new chapter moving forward? We'll have to have another, another one, another podcast I mean, later on, because today it's only my first day when I started the story. I, you I'm need some time. Full of power time. It's not like, it's like I don't multi multitask. I mean, like many women out there, I can multitask. But when it comes to energy allocation, I looked first to create a vacuum, which means finish properly and beautifully my chapter with Avon and only then start exploring because I don't, I want a quality exploration and reflection. So I will be having responses to all these questions once I figure it out myself. What I know for sure is what makes me happy today. What are my uh, energy sources today? And this is to create tangible value to support women, um, have a quality of chances once again, and then creating, creating a, a more meaningful, uh, presence for them in, in all walks of life in, in society and business alike. And, and then I'm keen, I'm, I find the market currently really fascinating. I mean, seeing now the markets go, uh, the, the, the market players going out of the conventional, traditional, vertical, strategic, strategic uh, development, uh, rather looking now for alliances, creating out of their products and services, new kind of experiences that they can lend to customers. I mean, it's so much happening with, with the way now the PLs, I mean, the, the resource allocation in the company is happening, the way the new, the organizational structures evolve, the way cultures evolve, there is there is, I think this is my sweet spot, is the transforming while performing, uh, all under a sense of purpose and, and um, the, the value creation focus more than just, uh, you know, the conventional financial KPIs, but the true tangible value uh, from economical to society to, to, of course, obviously financial shareholder value. So um, I know where my energy comes from. I know... Well, I have the self-trust to know where I can add value. I know where my appetite uh, of learning really is at its fullest. And, and uh, for the rest, I, I keep quite agnostic. I, 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 on purpose, intently do not uh, go with inertia to just take the next gig as a CEO in beauty, which would be maybe a natural next step. Quite the, quite the opposite. I'm, I'm really keep agnostic. I'm, I'm, I, I really want, I really want to see, um, what, what life, um, has for me and, um, 
what else I can explore? I mean, that's uh, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful ending to our conversation. And for sure, I'm going to take on that invitation for next time to have another chat and follow up on your amazing uh, projects. But I don't think that I've ever smiled so openly in any conversation before because, um, yeah, it, it just inspired me to see that it is possible, right? It is possible yeah. to lead with purpose, to be open for change, to be curious at the highest level, to understand that it's about the people behind the companies and that those people drive change and value to those companies and that shareholder value is about people and is about being human. So I'm so grateful for this conversation, Angela, and um, I wish you all the best. And thank you so much for sharing all that you've shared today with us. Deep, deep gratitude, Juana. I enjoy your questions uh, a lot. I mean, this is what makes uh, at the end a insightful and meaningful conversation. I really hope your audience uh, will, will enjoy and will take a little bit, if not information, at least the energy and the encouragement that the collective power uh, will, it's always a source of inspiration and, and um, at the end, energy for us all to continue building for better. I'm sure they will. Thank you so much, Angela. We speak yep. soon.